It's because he rejected me. I'm like, you're not supposed to be the one rejecting me. I'm supposed to be the one rejecting you. So if I get you and if I draw you back in, then I can turn around and reject you when I feel like I'm ready to. Today's episode, Isabella. Relationships are complicated. Breakups, even more so. Take it from our guest Isabella, who experienced a drama-fueled, horror-filled breakup in front of all of her friends and their friends, too. And it all went down in a Friendsgiving that she will never forget. And I don't think you will either. So let's get into it. All of those moments we tried, all of those tears that I cried, I won't hold on. What's going on? My name is Sham Boudram. I'm a sex educator and a relationship expert. From Headspace Studios and Frequency Machine, this is Hung Up. This is my time. So I got a message from a girl named Isabella. Isabella is, well, hung up. She says, I have not been able to move forward since my ex-boyfriend of five years cheated on me. A year and a half later, and we are still sharing a mortgage and a dog. And he's moving forward and I'm watching my friends get engaged and get married and have kids. And I feel like my life just stopped. Yeah, it's brutal. She's watching her friends live the life that she envisioned she'd have with this guy one day. And then that vision shattered and now she can't move past it. So I got to give her a call and see if we can figure out why and how to help her shake something loose. So here we go. Hi, Isabella. Hi, how's it going? I'm doing exceptional. This feels weird. Why uh, weird? Because I see you on Instagram. (laughs) Okay, so it's like surreal, not weird, like creepy. So me and Isabella got to talking and I realized that it wasn't actually her who had the idea to reach out. It was her friends. Now that says two things. One, her friends clearly love her. Two, her friends clearly think that she needs an intervention. Okay, so tell me a little bit about this relationship before the breakup. When I started dating Scott, I was 20 years old. I thought he was like one of the nicest people that I've ever met. And I was excited and I fell in love with him so quickly. All I wanted to do was be around him. He had a great group of friends. I felt like I was on track to having the life that I wanted. I wanted an apartment, I wanted a dog, I wanted an engagement, and I wanted a marriage. And that's where I saw my life going with him. All right, so... If you can, let's just get right into it. Tell me about the breakup. What happened? Uh, Scott and I's friend group was very intertwined. We have quite a few friends that are all in long-term relationships, and we celebrated Thanksgiving every year. So that was a night where we all got together and celebrated the friendships that we had, and we had done that for four years. Now... To help Isabella tell the story of what transpired that night, I called upon two of her friends who were there to witness it. Katie and Katie. Yes, I know. And fair warning, they also sound like the exact same person. It's pretty special. All right, continuing on. We were enjoying ourselves. Everything was great. 
we had just finished dinner and we got a knock on the door from this um, neighborhood they hope people had seen earlier before. Like we were both in the backyards and we kind of waved and been like, oh, that looks like a fun party. And we're like, come over for a drink later. And so she came over. The neighbor comes over and everyone's having a great time, especially Scott. He's spending a lot of time talking to the neighbor. And that doesn't go unnoticed by Isabella's friends. But then as I was sitting by the fire pit, I was like, looked over at Katie and Katie looked at me and she was like, are you seeing this? And like, Scott had his hand on like the back of her lower back and was kind of like whispering in her ear. And literally half an hour later, they were both gone. It's about 1 a.m. at this point. I'm calling him. I'm asking him where he is. He says he's down the block getting chewing tobacco from the gas station. Gas station closes at 10 p.m. So, yeah. Meanwhile, Isabella's friends head next door to the neighbor's house. We walk over and this woman opens the door in like a panic and she's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, okay, well, is uh, Scott in there? And she was like, Scott's not in here. Why would you ever think that? And I was like, like trying to like peek my head and she was like shutting the door on me. And then I was like, we're, we're staking out the house. Like we're going to do it. Isabella's friends know Scott is in there and they are determined not to let him get away with it. So they pull up lawn chairs. So then I was like, okay, I think we might be here a while. We should probably go get some wine. And so wine in hand, they wait until eventually one of the Katie's sees Scott through the window. And then we heard one of our other girlfriends was like, I know you're in there. And then Isabella like bolted up the stairs, ran out to the front yard. And she's screaming, she's like, face me, face me, Scott, face me like a man. And so then that drew all of the party onto the top steps. I'm just in shambles. Picture a five foot tall Latina screaming and crying. And so now everyone's on these top steps looking down at this place. And all of a sudden you hear like this noise and Scott falls out of the bedroom window in front of everybody. And everyone's just like standing there in shock. And then Isabella just like breaks down on the middle of the road. It was the most traumatic experience. I mean, it was supposed to be like a really wholesome amazing night for everyone and it turned out to be this crazy like it, w- it was like a scene from the Mari show everyone was just kind of speechless like how the hell did you think you were going to get away with this it was an absolute disaster basically holy shit to be broken up with is one thing to be cheated on is another but to have both of those things happen in front of all of the people that you care about the most so after this experience happened where you caught scott cheating literally red-handed. What happened after that? Honestly, I I saw red for a few days and I didn't go to work for two weeks. I sat on the couch because I was just, I was in shock that that had just happened. And meanwhile, Scott and Isabella are still living in the same apartment, but not even talking about what happened. He wouldn't give me the space that I was asking for and continued to lie about what had happened that night. No matter how much Isabella pleads for the truth, Scott sticks to his story that nothing happened with the neighbor. They were only talking, which of course explains why he jumped out of a window. But eventually, Isabella makes a decision. She makes an appointment to go to couples counseling. I said that I would see him at the counselor's office and we could discuss it there, and he never showed up. One of my fears throughout our entire relationship was that he wouldn't fight for me and he wouldn't show up for me in the way that I wanted, and... It was exactly what I did. So Isabella moves out. She feels like Scott has forced her hand. 
but she has to go back to the apartment every week to pick up the dog they still share. She keeps doing that for a year, and it is hard. But meanwhile, now he has the life that we had. The only thing that's missing in that life is me. The second that it comes to letting Scott go, I completely self-abandon. I'm like, pick me, be with me, regardless of everything that you have done. If you want me, then I'm here. And I don't know how to not do that. So I have a question. Is there anything that Scott could tell you that would or could change how you're feeling about this whole thing right now? I think hearing that we are moving on, and this sounds weird, giving me the permission to let go of everything that we had together. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just moving on with my life, but I need him to be like, yes, like do that, move on. I got Scott's number from Isabella. I'm going to give him a call, explain to him who I am, what we're trying to do for her, and see if he's going to be on board to have a healing conversation with his ex. Okay? So here we go. Hello. No one is available to take your call at this time. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, Scott. My name is Shan Boudram, and I've been working with Isabella. So I left that message for Scott, and while I wait for him to call me back, I still feel like I need more perspective on Isabella and Scott's relationship. Sometimes we're not the most accurate narrators of our own experiences. Friends, and I mean true friends who really have our best interests at heart, can be a great mirror. So I decide to give one of the Katies another call. What's up, Katie? How are you? You are closer to the story than arguably Isabella is. You might know more and be able to see it for what it is in a way that she can't. And that's why I am dying to hear what your perspective is. So tell me how you felt about Isabella and Scott as a couple. So when they actually started dating, it was like super weird to everyone because we're like, oh, they're so different. She's probably the most social person I know. She like can talk to a wall and he's like comes to these parties and sits in the corner like he he never, you never felt like he wanted to be there. Katie spent some time telling me about how everyone seemed to feel Scott was, shall we say, punching above his weight. Now getting into the middle of a friend's relationship, that could be a minefield. But eventually, Katie felt compelled to sit Isabella down and tell her what she was seeing. I don't know if maybe as an outsider's perspective, you guys are so different. Is this who you're going to be with? And we had like a very honest conversation about it. And she was receptive to have been considering like, hey, this actually might not be the person for me. And then two months later, this whole incident happened. Sorry. So so just to clarify, by this whole incident, you mean Friendsgiving? Yes. Now, quick audience poll here. Katie and Isabella's circle of best friends really seem like they've taken a hands-on approach to Isabella and Scott's relationship. I mean, shit. They sat in bushes with wine to catch him cheating on her. How do you feel about that? On one hand, like I said, our friends can be amazing at seeing what we're too close to see for ourselves. On the other, it could be too many cooks in the kitchen. And I do wonder if the public nature of Isabel's dumping and the fact that her friends were so involved in it is part of why she's so stuck. But there's a wrinkle in that theory. It was very traumatic and all of the girls wrapped their arms around her and we lifted her up and and she was she was good like she was like weirdly good like for a full almost year and i was like i was like talking to my friends i was like i'm so impressed like how well she's been and how good she's been doing okay wait 
This is interesting. At first, Isabella wasn't hung up on Scott. In fact, she was moving on. But then Katie says that things started to take a turn. So what changed? Scott has met another girl. Instead of being like, wow, like my feelings are hurt, like she just goes, I want, I want to be with Scott. I need to be with Scott. I want to be with him. And then Isabella completely shifted and it was like she was not okay anymore. And it just like started to like spiral out of control. And I feel like her thoughts got the best of her and it was borderline obsessive to the point where I was like, I don't think there's anything I could say that could change your mind. And there's more. So one night things come to a head. Katie and another friend spend hours trying to talk sense into Isabella. And no matter what Katie says to her, Isabella just would not budge. Nothing I said was going to get through to her. And finally, I said, let's just go to his house then and just tell him that you want to be with him because there's nothing that I'm going to say right now that's going to change that. She literally went in there and said, pick me. I want you to pick me. There was a point there after I dropped her off at his house that I had to fully take a step back like for my own mental health. After that, I was like, you have to understand that your friend group probably won't be there as much as they want to be there for you anymore because we've lifted you up through this whole situation and we haven't personally seen the change. Isabella didn't get the answer she wanted that night from Scott. And so she continued to spin. And now it's pretty clear that this is a cycle that's just repeating itself. The issues between Isabella and Scott were about dishonesty and trust. But those trust issues are spreading. It's impacting Isabella's friendships. She's jeopardizing the real relationships in her life by chasing this mirage. In the meantime, I give Scott another try. Or maybe seven. And leave a message. Again. So now we wait. Fingers crossed. Still no word from Scott. So nothing to report back to Isabella on that front. But I want to check in on her to see where she's at with her hang up, especially after our last call. What's up, Isabella? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. You know, it's um, Scott's birthday today. and No it's also, way! Yeah, it is. Okay, so the fact that that's the first thing out of Isabella's mouth on our call lets me know that we still have a long way to go. So today is Scott's birthday. Yeah. And birthdays are a time where a lot of people pop up and they send the text or they send a DM or they call... Have you done any of those things? Um, I did, yes. Of course. Okay. <laughs> um, well, how are you? Oh, I've been okay. I've been okay. We've had like a couple of uh, dramatic moments in the past couple of weeks, which has been a lot of fun, but... I've learned from experience with you. When you glaze over something, it's probably pretty important. So what does a few dramatic <laughs> moments mean? Ooh, oh, well... You know, Instagram can be a dark, dark place sometimes. So a girlfriend of mine, we were kind of shooting the shit, having some wine. I um, had begun hearing that Scott was seeing someone and that this person that he is now with considers herself to be his girlfriend. I saw signs of her in our apartment when I was picking up the dog. Okay, let's just flag that. They haven't lived together in over a year but she's still calling it our apartment. And that just threw me through a complete loop to the point where I was not okay. 
And that's kind of where I'm kicking myself too, because now he has it in his mind that like Isabella wants to be with me, but I'm choosing to be with somebody else. Okay, I gotta say, at this point, I'm starting to sweat a little bit. I haven't heard back from Scott. And the reality is that if Scott won't release her from this by telling her he's not interested in the relationship anymore, I gotta find a way to get Isabella past it without that closure. I just got a text. Oh, read it. From Scott. He's available that night and he agrees to talk to me. And I'm hoping that once I have him, I can get him on a call and the three of us can hash this thing out once and for all. We're going to have this phone call and I would love to know how that sentence makes you feel. Stressed. I think there will always be a part of me that wants to hear that he made the biggest mistake ever. (laughs) Listen, that's real and honest. That's one of the things that I appreciate the most about you. Your ability to be so raw and vulnerable. If someone says like, it's the greatest mistake of my life, like I think about it every day, I regret it. Then there's a chance for us to be like, oh, my story actually still works. Yes, but I think like that's part of me that I need to start letting go of. I want with all my heart for you to actually say that and believe that too. Hello, Scott. So after my call with Isabella, I connected with Scott. And I'm going to be honest with you. It did not go super well. In fact, it was the most frustrating call I've had since we began. I'm not going to play the call for you because while Scott did give permission to record the call, he did not give permission to use it in the podcast. I spent a lot of time and energy just trying to get him to pick up the phone. And I'm really starting to have a special kind of empathy for how hard it's been for Isabella to get any kind of concrete answer out of this guy. No wonder she feels like she's in quicksand all of the time. All right. So that day after my call, I reconnect with Isabella to tell her what Scott said, or more specifically, what he did not say. Hey, Isabella. Hey, how's it going? I have some information for you. Does that make you feel nervous? Definitely a little (laughs) bit nervous. Um, I don't know if I would use the word excited, but, you know, here I am. When we got on the call, we came in this really from the angle of we're here to help Isabella. and We want Isabella to be able to move forward. And he didn't really have much of anything to say. And actually, he didn't even want to get the three of us together on a call. I guess that kind of makes me a little bit sad. Because my head goes to, did it mean that little to you and that much to me? And was it just not that important to you? Okay, so this actually illustrates something that I think you have to confront in order to move forward. Just like on Friendsgiving, when he ends up cheating in front of people that you care about, he put you in a position to be humiliated. And here we were once again, where he was aware that this was important to you, that other people were going to be there to witness this. And this was an opportunity for him to really illustrate the importance that you have in his life. And again, he dropped the ball and then allowed it to look like you're the only person who is carrying a torch for this relationship. Yeah, and that's exactly how it feels. It's just, it's humiliating to even think about like how long and how much effort I put in to somebody who either didn't deserve it or just didn't care about it. If you care about somebody and like, I guess, well, that's how I show up in a relationship and that's how I show up for the people that I care about in friendships and in relationships or how I want to at least. Why is this making you feel choked up? Because it makes me feel like I spent so much time and effort on like, 
I guess the wrong person, but then it's like, I didn't know that that was the wrong person. I didn't know that that person wasn't able to offer that. And then I put myself in this position where I'm so stuck that I'm frustrated with myself for not being able to just see it and walk away from it. What is it about this person? It's because he rejected me. It's the rejection that comes with him that I'm like, you're not supposed to be the one rejecting me. I'm supposed to be the one rejecting you. So if I get you and if I draw you back in, then I can turn around and reject you when I feel like I'm ready to. Does that feel great to say? No. (laughs) It felt good to say, but it's like, come on, you know, you can do better than this. This is not what you need to be doing with your life. Right. And now the storyline that you want more than anything else to finish things is that this relationship ends with him groveling at your feet and begging for you to come back and acknowledging how great you are. And then you getting to say, that's okay. I know I'm better. Yeah. Basically 110% exactly that. Like he's not showing up and I'm showing up constantly. And then instead of interpreting that as this person is afraid A part of you interprets that as maybe I'm not that great. Yeah. I feel like I experienced a miniature version of what you did during the relationship. We made the call. We had to basically harass him as if I was his ex-girlfriend to get this call. Then we got there and he notified us after I started asking real questions that he had somewhere else to be and then promised to call back so that we could actually get to the heart of what you need to heal and then never made true on that promise. You've been waiting around for a year to see if there was a different version you could tap into, if you could inspire something new, if he had had growth, if in the loss of you, he was able to reach for something greater for himself. And I feel like the answer, no matter how many times or ways you ask that, ends up being... No, he's not. And it's just, it's not happening. And it's not something that I want to wait for. That's what I'm talking about. That's the Isabella I've been wanting to hear. So throughout this, one of the things that Scott was able to bring into your life is connections. I'm not a fan of looking at any relationship as completely toxic, right? Because toxic is things that we package and throw away. But there was a lot of great things that came out of your connection with Scott and a lot of friendships. A ton of friendships. And like I came close to losing some of those friendships because of how crazy making all of this was. Is one of those friends Katie? Katie looked at me and was like, I barely recognize you in these scenarios. And I barely recognize myself half the time when I am like spinning out over Scott. She was like, this isn't the person that I've grown to love and know or the person that I respect. I was embarrassed, to be honest with you. So you know what we need to do, right? Yeah. Hi again, Katie. What's up, Isabella? Morning. Morning. We are gathered here today to have a conversation about friendship. And I am just very grateful the two of you have come to the table in this way just to chat. So, Katie, this isn't news to you. Isabella is going through an impossibly rough time. And of course, this is your friend and you feel for her. But what has it felt like as one of the people supporting Isabella? Our friendship in the last four months or so It has been tough. In a sense, you lost your way because it wasn't the Isabella that I knew and loved. It wasn't the person that I'd been friends with for the past seven years. I think that there is a lot of humiliation that Isabella has experienced through this scenario and the unraveling of her connection with Scott. 
And that humiliation started obviously with the Friendsgiving, continued with the backtrack, and then you having to drive her over to his house, even when it was the last thing that you wanted to do, right? Yeah, so I think when that happened, I felt like all of my efforts and all of our efforts as a friend group had just like not been respected at all. But I felt like, what the hell have I been doing talking to you about this situation and trying to help you through it when you're not even being honest about where you're at? Isabella, can you appreciate why Katie had to step back? Yeah, I think Katie has done everything in her power to support me from day one. So I like obviously would like to thank her for that and apologize. Once the breakup happened, Katie took me in, basically invited me into her family, let me live in her family home. That was like so important to me. And I still, to this day, know that that's one of the reasons why I landed on my feet after all of it. It makes me emotional to think about because I could not imagine feeling like your whole life was just washed away in front of all of the people you love. I'm like in awe of your strength through this entire situation. And I feel like I've always, always known that and always seen that with you. Thank you. And at the end of the day, if if somebody I love is just trying their best and trying to be better, that's all I can really ask for. I appreciate it. Getting over a breakup is not a game of snakes and ladders where you're going to do that one thing that's going to shoot you to the finish. Or if you make a mistake, you're back at square one. You're just taking it day by day. And you've made years of progress in a matter of months. So be proud of yourself for that, but also hold yourself accountable to that standard and continue to want to see those positive changes. And I also want to encourage you to stop apologizing for what happened. Um, it's exhausting. Yeah. So it probably would be nice to have connections with an S um, that allow you just to be the version of yourself that you feel you lost throughout all of this. The positive that came out of my and Scott's relationship is my friends. I feel lucky for that every day. I think that you're a great friend and a great partner and you deserve somebody to meet that level. Thank you. And I feel very privileged and lucky to have you. And so I feel very blessed. Yeah, it's rare out here in these streets. Right? And you guys yeah. should feel blessed. <laughs> you guys, you guys have that rare. sisterhood of the traveling hood pants friendship that everybody wants. So yeah. <laughs> cherish that. I, I feel so lucky. Honestly, I feel so lucky. I followed up with Isabella a few weeks after everything and things are going really well. She found a new therapist that she loves and who is helping her stay focused on the future and stay accountable to herself. She and Katie signed up for a morning workout class together. And Katie has also been helping her coordinate exchanges with Scott to get their dog Luna to help support Isabella as she really tries to set her boundaries and stick to them. Which of course proves what an incredible friend Katie is and of course always has been. And this next part is huge. Isabella is back on a few dating apps and determined to get out of her bubble. She says that she's looking forward to an amazing Friendsgiving next year. When we started, Isabella was completely and of course understandably hung up. Her ego was bruised and that pain kept her in a cycle of trying to rewrite the stories that she could be the one in control. But that need for control ended up being the thing that was actually keeping her chained to Scott and feeling completely out of control. So often, when we think that we're hung up on a person, what we're really hung up on is what we think about ourselves. Isabella was looking for a new ending to her story. And now, she has one. This is my time. Next time on Hung Up. 
So my first husband cheated on me a few years ago with this woman from work. At the time, that woman was married to Johnny. I reached out to Johnny and things kind of took off from there. And by took off, Jen means she eventually married Johnny. Yes, it's complicated. And that's just where the story starts. We're going to get into all the complications on next week's episode. So tune in. If you or someone you know is hung up after a breakup, we want to hear from you. Email us at hungup at frequencymachine.com. And if you like the show, spread the word. Reaching more people means helping more people. And don't forget to hit follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Hung Up is a production of Headspace Studios and Frequency Machine. It is produced by Caroline Slaughter and Rachel Borders for Frequency Machine and Danny Carissimi for Headspace Studios. It's executive produced by Morgan Selzer, Sarah Cohen, and Baron Farmar for Headspace Studios and Dominique Ferrari, Stacey Book, Avi Glajanski, and Sarah Heppala for Frequency Machine. It is hosted and produced by yours truly, Sham Boudram, audio engineering and technical magic from Jared Brady, editing, sound design, and post-production wizardry by the amazing Julian Kwasniewski and Bay Area Sound. Development at Headspace Studios was led by Leah Sutherland, and special thanks to Adam Krasner. Until next time.